Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Why don't you uh, just elbow the guy next to you and say hello? <laughs> Who said Al? <laughs> so over the last couple of uh, weeks, we've had some an interesting run of uh, sermons, haven't we? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I spoke on being wide-eyed with wonder and just saying it's so easy to take life for granted and definitely the Lord for granted. And uh, just a reminder to kind of capture something of the interest and the um, just uh, sense of the specialness that uh, we are surrounded with and pick up on the same with the Lord, that we just don't get um, too familiar. Then we asked the next week, we said, where is your treasure? The Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I asked the question, are we aiming at the right thing? If we get the treasure, will we be happy with what we've got? After all those years and all that effort, if we got it, would we be happy? And obviously, the greatest treasure of all is the one we should be wide-eyed with wonder uh, about. It's Jesus. And um, so easy to, to, to just live a life, and we kind of tick by. And then last weekend, uh, Brendan Locke spoke, as we heard uh, Amor reference, about, being, about having faith and patience and putting the two together. And depending on your nature, uh, some of us are far easier to have faith and some stick with patience. We spoke, uh, we, we learned on Tuesday night at uh, Financial Peace University that we have uh, geeks and free spirits, nerds and free spirits, uh, otherwise known as spenders and savers. And the savers uh, don't like to spend and the spenders don't like to, be, like to save. And some of us don't like to be patient, and others of us put off kind of pressing over the, the, the touch line, put, put off holding on to God in faith until we see it happen. So this morning, before I, uh, before I, uh, I preach, I do want to say yesterday was Tabucho's birthday, right there, and this morning, today, is JP's birthday. And uh, so happy birthday to you guys. I would, can I make a suggestion? He's going to love me for this, but I would really like it if uh, at the break, at halftime, you grab a hold of JP and you greet him like he doesn't know what a greeting is like. Yeah? Uh, you know, many guys here at Grace Cove, guys, when I say guys, I mean guys and girls, many, many guys and girls serve hard week in and week out, uh, many, and I could go down a list, but today it's his birthday, and uh, it's very easy to overlook the guys up front or the guys at the back, etc., etc., and we just kind of, you get used to a certain level from them, and then that's normal, and we forget to say thank you, yeah, and so I would love you just to slap him on his back, kiss him on his forehead, um, squeeze the wind out of his lungs, uh, give him a thumbs up, a high five, a just make sure that he knows that, uh, that we appreciate him. How about that? Shall, can we do that as a family? Um, that we, he knows. I'm sure he does. I trust. Um, but <laughs> and you've got to wait, Paul. You've got to wait. Uh, it'll only get more and more. As the longer I preach, the bigger this birthday greeting is going to become, right? But uh, isn't it? It's so easy, even with a loved one. It's so easy to just overlook each other, isn't it? 
And I'm saying to you, don't let JP uh, go home without being really well uh, looked after this morning. Good? If you've got some money in your pocket, you might want to slip it in his back pocket. <laughs> That's if you've got any left after the offering. So I've got a confession to make. I hate running. I hate running. Don't like it. There we go. <laughs> Any runners here this morning? Any runners? You guys are crazy. Uh, there's something wrong with you. Running is terrible. You know when you are running, even the downhills are uphills. At least on a bicycle, you can freewheel down the hills. Yeah? I remember, I think the last time I remember in my past running was in high school. I remember running around the block with my dad. Uh, and I remember thinking, too, this is, this is, and I never ran after that. For a long time. Long time, because I hate running. And, uh, you know, then last, last year, we were visiting friends, or I was visiting a friend, and uh, we were working hard, we were up late, we uh, talked to all hours, we woke up early to get started with the day again, and uh, this guy likes running. And um, I'm, anyone unsure how about how I feel about running? Just in case there's a miscommunication here. And so he said to me, yo, you know, I haven't exercised all week. Man, tomorrow morning, as the sun's coming up, I'm going running. Do you want to come? And I hate running, right? Now, my problem is that I, I'm, I'm not great on running, uh, but I do do fellowship really well. I love friends, and I love investing in people. Years ago, um, in a pastor's meetings, some crazy person decided uh, one of our pastor's meetings, it would really help kind of guys and girls get to know each other well if instead of having a meeting, we did a golf day. Apparently, pastors are supposed to play golf, and uh, so we would have a golf day. Now, I don't do golf. Uh, by the time we finish the meeting, you'll be thinking, Craig, what do you do? Uh, just two things. I don't, and uh, so anyway, I don't do golf, but I do do fellowship. So we drove for about two hours to get to this golf day. I turned up. I got out of my car. I was wearing jeans and tackies. Now, apparently, that's a bad thing when you're playing golf, JP. Apparently. Uh, I just want to say that my handicap, we won the tournament for the day. So it's not a bad thing. So I hated every minute of it. I looked stupid and foolish, but uh, man, I hung out with three other guys while we walked around looking for my golf ball over and over again. And so I don't really like golf, but I like fellowship. And my friend said to me, I'm going, I'm going running tomorrow morning. Do you want to come? And I don't do running, but I do do friendships. So I said, okay. And so we went running together. And it was beautiful. The sun was coming up. It was shining on the buildings. It was an amazing experience. And, uh, you know, it, it was beautiful. It was just wonderful to look at, wonderful. And uh, then ever since I got home, I thought, you know what? I'm going to see him in a year's time. He's probably wanting to go running again. So the whole, since then, I've, uh, I've had to be practicing. And so I, I, I texted him. Uh, uh, one day at the gym, I, I texted him. I said, hey, I'm on the treadmill. This is the first time I've ever got on the treadmill at the gym. Look what you've done to me. Um, and, uh, you know, this, this, this year, Colette and I have both had some bad health, and uh, particularly the first half of the year. 
But the amazing thing is, uh, I burst an eardrum uh, beginning of January, end of December, and uh, I was so sick for probably, I don't know, five months, but I kept jogging. I kept jogging. We decided at the end of the year, we're going to take our annual holiday. We're going to get ourselves winning discovery points. And uh, then they told me they don't do the smoothies anymore, but we thought we better get the points anyway. And I managed, even in my bad health, I managed to keep getting my points. And uh, we figured out that if you, anyway, I won't bore you with the details. Um, Saw my friend again this year, and uh, he wouldn't jog with me. He said, no, I haven't been jogging. I'm not coming with you. Um, and so now it's become part of my routine. You know, this week, um, this week I was on the treadmill. I thought, you know what? I'm actually starting not to hate this so much anymore. Now, I'm actually starting to enjoy this. When you don't feel like you're about to have a heart attack, it can be quite nice. <laughs> it's quite enjoyable. And... Um, <laughs> So when I run, I normally run like this, and I run and I look around, I love to look at, at buildings, I love if I'm running in, in the suburb, I look at people's houses, see what they've done, uh, if I'm at the gym, I want to see what's going on outside, it's great, the, anyway, and uh, I can tell you all about this, you know, but, but uh, have you ever noticed, if you've ever uh, run on a treadmill, if you put the speed too fast, you end up like running right at the back of the treadmill, like about to fall off the precipice and you look really stupid when you land on your back off the, when it spits you out like a, like a piece of bubble gum. You, you, and um, when you put the speed on too low, you run right to the front of the, uh, of the treadmill and you're kind of tipping over. And so there I was, so I was wanting to get, uh, get, it's very important that with discovery that your heart, your heart beats fast enough. So I was thinking, man, I better get my heart rate beating today. So I put, put the speed up and uh, there I was and I was, I was, I was jogging, I was going further and further back, and I was coming forward, and I was going back, and I was coming forward, and all of a sudden, thought, man, and, and I started to lean into my run, and you know the amazing thing is, the more you lean forward, the faster you get, and the more I lean forward, next thing, I'm, I'm running too fast with that speed, and it was like God dropped into my heart that moment, man, you know what, number one, running's not so bad. And number two, yeah, my wife's laughing because I haven't told you I don't hate running anymore. I just said it's not so bad. And, uh, but it was like God said to me, Craig, you get better at running when you lean in. Uh, it was the same person, no more fit, <laughs> no more enjoyment. But I started winning at running on that treadmill when I leaned in. And I, fe- I felt the Lord, Lord say to me in that moment, man, time to lean in. I have a really simple little message for you this morning. I'm really trusting that God will speak to you and me, whether you like running or not. And you know, help us just to lean in. But Cecil, can you give us that next slide? This is what they tell me. There we go. Running well takes skill. Good form doesn't come naturally to most people. But falling... Now that's easy. If I said who likes who you know who who falls well, probably all of us. Letting gravity pull you forward as if you were falling is an integral part of running faster and with less effort. I was kind of shaking my head the other day, thinking this running thing is for the birds. And all you're doing is you're just stopping yourself falling over and over and over again until finally your time's up and you can sit down again. And I want to suggest to you and I that uh, we need to just lean 
forward. You see, I, I, I normally run like this. Dear Lot, you can look around, you get distracted. I can even kind of check my watch and move to the next song or the next podcast, whatever's going on. And, uh, but it's when you lean in and you focus on what you're doing that it, you, you kind of get your stride. You kind of get your stride and things go a whole lot easier. I wonder if you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10, please. Hebrews chapter 10. So normally... Sometimes at, at the end of a, a, a preach, we call people forward to pray, and uh, we ask if there's uh, you know, anything you'd like to pray. At the end of this preach, what I'm going to do is I'm going to call you to the door, and uh, you can stretch, and then we're going to go for a jog around the car park. No? Yes? No? Okay. All right. Hebrews chapter 10. We'll read from verse 19 together. It says, Therefore, since we have confidence... To enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage each other, and all the more as you see that day approaching." Uh, many years ago, when I was just a new preacher, uh, I foolishly called that the lettuce patch. And I'll leave that with you. You can figure out why it's called the lettuce patch. Tell me afterwards. And so this morning, there's three things that I think we need to lean into. And I'm asking you maybe to stop getting distracted. Don't look around like when, when, when I run, but just to lean in. Just simple little things. There's three that I felt God put on my heart for us. Uh, I thought, man, Craig, if you, if you thought a little bit harder, you could come up with a much longer list. And I've wrestled. So what about this, God? What about this? And it just comes back to these, th these three things that I'd like us to consider. And uh, I can't tell you that these are the things that you need to lean in on. But I'd like to suggest this morning that maybe as we sit here, you can ask the Lord, Lord, is this for me? Is this an area where I just need to lean in on? You know what? I didn't, it, same person, different posture. It's amazing how your, the way you walk changes, the way you run changes. Same person, same energy levels, same fitness levels. All of a sudden, everything changes. If you feel like you're getting kind of swept back on the treadmill of life in some of these areas, maybe it's just a change of posture will take you to find your stride. And all of a sudden, running won't be so terrible anymore. So number one, I'd love us to lean into worship. To lean into worship. And so this evening we've got a great opportunity. We, um, <clears throat> we're going to have some time. We'll drink some coffee together. That's always good. And then we're going to worship together and focus on Jesus. 
We've read together this morning in Hebrews, it says in verse 22, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. You know, sometimes we come to a Sunday meeting, Sunday church meeting, and our language allows for the singing part of the meeting to be worship and the preaching of part of the meeting to be something else. I don't know if you noticed, Amor said singing and worship. And I want to help us this morning to, to, to let it settle in our hearts that worship is more than singing songs. If you're not a good singer, aren't you glad? Worship is more than singing songs. You could have worshiped from the moment your eyes opened this morning till the moment the band started playing at the beginning of this meeting. Worship is not necessarily the same thing. Equally, you can stand in a meeting and sing with a very loud voice and not be, and not be worshiping God. It's true. We can learn the, the words of the songs, right? We can learn the words of the songs, but our heart can be far from God while we sing them. You know, for me, it's amazing. I find one of the greatest temptations is to opt out when we should lean in. Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and thought, man, I, just, I, just, I don't feel like going to church today. Do you know that you're a sinner and you're going straight to hell because of that? I'm joking. I'm joking. It's okay to have a sleep in and even to miss church once in a while. But can I just suggest, we've read here, it says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. Now, you can worship God in your home. You can worship God in your car. You can even worship God in the shower. But there's something special when we come together because friends help each other to worship God. We see something of God in each other that we don't see when we aren't together with each other. But it's amazing how when we need to lean in, the 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 temptation is not to. And when I was running on that treadmill the other day, it was great leaning in. My stride was good, but then all of a sudden I realized, man, this is quite tiring. And I, I, I went back into our normal posture and I started to get dragged back again. When I need to lean in and I don't, it's very easy for me to find the going gets tougher instead of finding the grace of God when I need it from Him. I think city dwellers are very good at compartmentalizing. Men are kind of just by the way our makeup is. But city dwellers tend to compartmentalize very well. We have a work box, a work compartment. Yeah? We have a family compartment. And all the other things. We have a holiday compartment that's never big enough, right? The interesting thing we found when we, when we lived in, in Joburg is that um, there was very little... Uh, a kind of work-life balance. People in Joburg seem to want to work all the time, and instead of spending time with their family, they'd rather work. Whereas here in Pretoria, we seem to have a little bit of a better grasp on family. And so we are happy to work really hard, but then when we stop, we have to do, we want to do family. And that's a good thing, but we, if we're compartmentalizing our lives, it's like, okay, God, you don't, you don't fit into this box, and you don't fit into this box. And so there is a little church box that I've left for you, Jesus. 
doesn't make sense when we think of it the right way, but that's how we live our lives. We go, man, in my job, there's just no space for me to worship. I mean, could you imagine your boss calls you into his office and you walk in kind of humming a worship song? That would be a little weird, right? Yeah? But remember, worship isn't just singing. Worship isn't just singing. Forgiving your neighbor is worship. Uh, Lindsay reminded us, living out thanksgiving is worship. I want to help us this morning to figure out how do we lean in? How do we have a posture of worship? How do we move forward? You might be saying, man, I don't like running. You know, running is just falling forward quickly and stopping yourself. You know, when you lean into something too far, you tend to tip over. But if you catch yourself, you'll be okay. And sometimes you've just got to abandon ourselves. Say, Lord, I'm leaning into you. Coming, ready or not, just catch me. Here I go. Yeah? Whether you feel like it, whether it makes sense, you just say, Lord, I'm leaning in. I'm leaning in. I expect those, the Bible says, underneath of the everlasting arms, I'm expecting you to catch us. Everything we do is worship. Um, do you know that Amazing Grace is more than just a song? Often a song that's sung at funerals. Yeah, Amazing Grace is more than just a song. The, the grace of God is incredible. And Jesus has an incredible heart to forgive us no matter what, as long as we come. I was trying to think of it this way. Imagine, I mean, I love to tell people, they say, where's your church? I say, just around the corner from Unitas, because most people know where the hospital is, right? If you're wise, you've got a hospital plan. And uh, imagine saying, well, I can't go to the hospital because I'm sick. But as soon as I get better, then I'll go straight to Unitas Hospital. Would that make sense? Oh, I can't go to the hospital in this condition that I'm in now. You know, I can't see the doctor, the person that's going to help me, the one that has the resources and the training to help me in the condition that I'm in. Does that make any sense to you? No? No? And yet we do it with God. God, you have the resources, you have the, the vast everything that I could need, but I won't go to you until I don't need it. Yeah? You might have stumbled in an area of sin. You might be fighting with your spouse or your neighbor. You might be grumpy. You might be really out of sorts. And you say, well, until I get myself right, I can't go and worship God. I can't come to church because what happens when people say, how are you? Heaven forbid. How are you? Yeah? And so we'd rather stay away from the presence of God, whether it's a church meeting or our own personal time, worshiping the Lord. And say, God, until I'm no longer desperately in need with you, then I won't put myself in that place where people might realize. It's very common that the reason we need to lean in is the same reason we stay away. Am I saying anything that sort of res resonates with your lived experience, your, your world? You know, true, when we're out of sorts, when, when we're grumpy, we, instead of going to God, we, we find an, another way to spend our time. You know, there's, a, there's this interesting passage in the Old Testament with David and King Saul. The Bible says that an evil spirit would torment the king. And then he'd call for David to come and play his harp, to play the worship music. And the evil spirit would leave him. We found in our house... <laughs> 
Sometimes it's because we like to listen to music. Sometimes because we need the presence of God in our, in our home. We're pressing play more and more. Why? Because we want to bring ourselves into the presence of God when we most need it, right? I want to encourage us that we lean in to worship. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You've needed some mercy this week, some grace, that that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. There's an interesting, um, this passage that you're reading, it says, let us have our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. And um, I'm sure you felt it, I have. When you know you've, you've disappointed the Lord, you feel guilty, right? And we feel like we can't come. It's like a, it's like a dog that's been beaten too many times. It shies away from someone that actually wants to, to love it. And sometimes you and I, because of our guilt, because of what we feel we've done against God, we don't go to God. But He's the only one that can forgive us and give us the ability to please Him. And so we stay away from God until we're better. Then we can go back to God. But what happens? We stay in our problem. Because He's the one that can help us, not ourselves. We, can get, we, we got ourselves there. We can't get ourselves out. And so it says, let us go to God. Have a, uh, it can be free from guilt. You know, the other thing that goes with, dis- with guilt is disappointment, right? Have you ever felt like you've disappointed someone? Ever felt like you've disappointed the Lord? Now, this theologically is a little questionable, but in our human experience, it's quite real. Have you ever felt as though God has disappointed you? God, I trusted you and you let me down. God, your word said, and I haven't seen it yet. Have you ever felt like that? Well, maybe you just haven't got to the end of the story yet. You know, when I get in the car and I drive to Durban, after three hours I don't start getting grumpy because where's Durban? God, you promised you're taking me to Durban, and where is Durban? Wouldn't that be silly? Yeah? But isn't it, you see, because sometimes in the dealings of God, we don't know when the destination will come. And along the way, we say, oh, God, you've let me down. Yeah? You know the amazing thing is if you come to me and you, if you came and spoke to me and you were honest enough to say, I just feel like God has let me down. I feel disappointed with God. You know what? I could give you a theological Bible study. I could take you to all the fancy stuff. And do you think that would help you in that condition? Would it? You know what would help you is just to connect with God. I don't need to convince you. I just need to usher you into his presence. Just like David and Saul. When we are disappointed with God, (laughs) theology and truth is important. But when we feel let down, sometimes we don't need theory. We just need connection. Once we're connected with God, we can ask him to explain it to us. What I'm saying is we need to lean into worship and let the connection get strong. I want to encourage us to return to worship, to circle back. Often our days are so busy. Have you, have, have you had days like these? Maybe most days are like these. I find it like, you know, when you rush, you, you, you wake up tired, you like 
cry your eyes open. You go through this whole day like busy. One thing runs into the next. You feel like you're doing 20 things at the same time. Anyone? Yeah, and it's like that until you get to sleep. Is that you finally get to bed, you're just quickly checking Facebook and you're thinking about what happens tomorrow and did the kid's uniform get washed and, and is there petrol in the car to get to office? You get right into, you know, just, you know, the screens get small. Eventually, we're going to, oh, it's so late, I better go to sleep. You close your eyes and for the first time in the day, you're not doing anything else. You felt like that? You look back and you actually, this day has not been a worshipful day at all. And so I want to encourage us to find ways to circle back to worship. Maybe, maybe you just decide, every time I climb on the stairs, I'm going to worship. <laughs> if you have stairs in your house or your office, I don't know. Yeah, I used to listen to 702 in the car. I don't. I listen to some podcasts now. If I'm in the car, I actually now I look forward to getting in the car. Maybe you need to say, when I, put my, when I tie my shoes, I'm going to be grateful. <laughs> maybe you're going to say, I'm going to arrive two minutes early for a meeting or I'm going to leave two minutes late after a meeting, whatever that meeting is, and I'll just pause in the corridor and I'll make myself conscious and I'll worship God. Circle back to worship. We need to find moments to worship. So we'll help us. Tonight's going to be a great time. But can I just say, maybe somewhere in our days, we just need to keep finding ourselves back. Sometimes like a little mental... Um, yeah, little mental help will work for you. Can I just say, when we rush through our days, we lose the moments of worship, those moments of wonder. When we come to church, we can do the same. But I want to encourage us to lean in to worship. The greatest temptation is to opt out when we should be leaning in. Everything we do is worship. When you wash the dishes, it can be worship. When you do your budget, it can be worship. When you drive your car, it can be worship. Circle back, find moments of worship. Those who wait on the Lord, it says, will renew their strength. It says they will rise up on wings. They will soar on wings like eagles. Most of us know we need to soar with the Lord like that. But it won't happen if we don't circle back to worship. The second thing, so number one, to lean in to worship. Number two is to lean into a friend. To lean into a friend. Just simple things. Basic kind of blessings of life that, that God puts in our lives. Verse 24 of Hebrews chapter 10. We read it already. 24 of Hebrews chapter 10. It says, <clears throat> Let us consider how we may spur one another on <clears throat> towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see <clears throat> the day approaching. They say that the lone wolf, get, uh, the, the, the wolf gets the lone sheep, right? The sheep that's separated from the flock gets taken by the sheep. You know, even the lone ranger had Tonto. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> it's a little silly and a little lighthearted, but Hello? And uh, I want to show you this amazing relationship between Barnabas and Paul. And you can turn with me quick to the book of Acts. Just a couple of verses. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4 and verse 36. It disorients us who this Barnabas guy is. Acts chapter 4 and verse 36. He's the kind of guy I would like in my life. <clears throat> and I'm sure you would too. 
Acts chapter 4, verse 36, it says, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, in brackets, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Wouldn't it be nice if you had a name that didn't suit you so much that people gave you a different name? This guy, was Bar- they gave him the name Barnabas, and they said, because he's a son of encouragement. He's not just an encourager, he's a son of encouragement. So this is the guy we're talking about. Then if you skip ahead to chapter 9, we read from verse 26, we now see Barnabas kind of in his shining moment. It's this wonderful thing. Now, do you remember when, um, before Paul met the Lord, Saul, remember, was on his donkey, don- and uh, he was persecuting the church. He was a Pharisee. He was aggressive against this upstart group of people that were following Jesus. Thank you, Lindsay. Look at that. Thank you. Such a help. And um, he was doing his best. The Bible, the Bible tells us that he was given permission to kill, to imprison, and to torture Christians. Yeah? Imagine that guy. Now, Jesus meets him. And uh, he knocks him off his donkey. He blinds him. He gets taken to this, this man's house. And God speaks to this other man called Ananias and says, go and pray for that guy. We've got lots of people in the news at the moment, right? Most of them not for good reasons. Imagine if Lord put on your heart, go and pray for that person in the headlines. How would you feel? Now, this is the same guy who's killing, torturing, and imprison- imprisoning Christians. And God says to him, go and pray for that guy. Go pray for Saul. Uh, I don't know about how your kind of response would be. I know how mine would be. Really, Lord? <laughs> really? And um, so this is where we, we, we come to in chapter, 26, uh, chapter 9, verse 26. Talking about Paul now, it says, when he, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. <laughs> imagine this guy. I mean, imagine the reputation he carried. If you've seen Paul, Apostle of Christ, man, I can recommend that movie. It gives us a little bit of insight. Imagine this guy coming to church and saying, yeah, I'd like to, you know, can I have a visitor's pack, please? And it says they they didn't want to let him join them. It says they were all afraid, not believing that that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord goes on to talk about his ministry exploits. But do you think Paul would have ever been able to integrate into those Christians in Jerusalem if not for Barnabas? You see, Barnabas was a guy who knew how to lean into friendship. Even when he wasn't sure, he just, that's who he was. It was part of who he was. And so if you and I have a friend like Barnabas, uh, friends believe the best of you, and they see it as fact. Imagine Barnabas meeting Saul and, and knowing what was inside of him. Friends are familiar with your flaws, but believe you're better than them. They know where you're weak, but they still like you anyway because they think, man, you're going to get, you're going to overcome those things. Barnabas was a special friend because he introduced him to others that would benefit him. There's this beautiful uh, 
There's this beautiful Greek word, which is one of the words used for Holy Spirit. It's, the word is in English, paraclete. The Greek word is parakletos. It means the one who comes alongside. It's an it's a, a expression of one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. And it's like that one that comes alongside, puts his arm around you and lifts you and helps you to walk. And uh, you know that a good friend can play that role in our lives. A friend like Barnabas will encourage you to look on the bright side, encourage you to look to the Lord. Can I challenge us this morning to make friends like those here at Grace Cove? You're welcome to have them outside. That's perfectly fine. But make friends like those here at Grace Cove. You know that if you, <laughs> if you look around this room, most of us would never have met outside of the gospel. Outside of Jesus, most of us wouldn't know each other. I mean, even you could live next door to each other and still never get, we're unlikely candidates to be friends. But isn't that the perfect uh, wisdom of God? I encourage you in this group, here at Grace Cove, to have some people that you do more than Sundays with. There'll be guys that you look forward to seeing on Sundays. Hello, how are you? Great to see you next Sunday. But if that's the level of your experience here at Grace Cove, can I suggest to lean in and go a little deeper? Life groups are so important to us uh, here at Grace Cove because it's regular. It's in my diary. I know it's going to come next Tuesday or next Wednesday or next Thursday, next Sunday night, where we regularly connect. We see each other. We build bridges and share hearts. If you meet regular enough, people start to get to know you deeply. How about if see you next Sunday became, how about we see each other for coffee before Sunday? I want to suggest to us that we lean into friendship, that it doesn't just become a group of people we happen to come to a church meeting with, but that here among the crowd there's those ones and twos and threes and fours that actually we develop a friendship with. And finally, the third thing that I want to encourage us to do is to lean in to our leaders. So lean into worship, lean into the Lord, lean into a friend, and then lean in to your leaders, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. God puts leaders in our lives because they profess a hope over our lives. The best leaders are those that see in us something of what God is doing and help us get there. I'm so grateful of the, the, the people that I have in my life who constantly draw me beyond where I would be if I was just left to my own devices. I want to encourage us this morning to build a friendship with someone in this church that you feel could lead you. Maybe one of the elders, but man, there's probably too few. One of the deacons, the guy, that, guy or girl that leads your life group. Maybe even in your own world, maybe there's those that could lead you in your, uh, uh, um, at work or in an interest Someone that's bigger than you, you see, because if we have a heart that's soft enough to allow others to lead us into something, uh, it shows a posture of the heart. Connection with someone in your world who could lead you, who could develop you. Someone that we can learn from. Someone that will, we will allow to lead us. How do we do this? Uh, give them access. Give them access. Access is an offered thing. Yeah, so I want to encourage us to have some, 
makes sense in the business, in, in the secular world, but how much more so in the church? Have someone that you've said, man, I would like you to lead me. When I have a question, man, I'd like you to, to speak into this area. Grant, give access into our lives. Grant permission to stretch you. <laughs> you know, a coach is the one on the sideline that says, come on, you can do another lap. You can do another lap. Hmm? And me, we need to have people like that in our lives. Someone that we can work together with and involve them in the rest of your life. Uh, last night, Chloe had her 21st birthday celebration. And they had a lady stand up there. They stood up, she said, you know, it's a, Chloe's turned 21. She said, before you were even conceived, me and your mother and a group of ladies prayed for you. I thought, can you imagine having someone that's been involved in your entire life even before you were there? Bring someone into your life. Give them access. Grant them permission. Include them in all areas. And then accept strange appointments when they throw something at you. And say, how about it? Uh, in September, at the end of September, we've got the GP equip. I want to encourage you to start putting that into your calendar. And uh, look at coming along to that. So this morning, all I'm doing is asking you to lean in. So I'd like you to stand with me. Forgive the cheese. But stand with me. Now, the idea is I don't want you landing on the person in front of you, okay? But you mind just leaning just a little bit forward, just till it gets uncomfortable. For some of us, that's like, you know, you just got to look down and it's uncomfortable. But can you feel like just till where your, your body naturally wants to take a step before you fall? I'm about to land off the stage here. How about you and I? Just lean that little bit forward. Put ourselves just off our kind of arm and control equilibrium, just that little bit forward into worship, into friendship, and into having people lead us in our lives. The other amazing thing is that there's probably someone that you should lead and someone that you should allow to lead you. I'm looking at you. Some of you guys are still like teetering on the edge. Some of you guys are standing back. Relax, it's fine. I'm just trying to get a little mental image going. Does it sound all right to you this morning? To just lean a little forward from our normal kind of I'm in control equilibrium. Yeah. So this is not the way to win tug of war, right? Not the way to win tug of war. But just to say, Jesus, I'm, I'm ready to just find myself a little bit out of my comfort zone, a little bit out of control. I want to put myself in the place, Lord, where, where I worship, where I find friendship. And where I find those in my life that are allowed to lead me deeper into the things of you. Does that sound good? Sound good? Just, I mean, simple little, three little points this morning. Shall we pray? Father, as we stand before you, we're so grateful. I, I come back to that um, reminder that Lindsay gave us. We're so thankful that you work in our lives. Lord, I'm so thankful that we don't have to clean ourselves up before we come to you. We don't have to become healthy before we go to the doctor. And Jesus, this morning, we do just want to lean a little forward. We want to change our posture. If our, if our arms are crossed, we want to open them. And Jesus, we do want to be people that live a lifestyle of worship. Whether we're good singers or not, Lord, whether we're musicians or not, Lord, I pray, Father, we would find moments throughout our day where we would be returning to you in worship.
Jesus, I pray you'd put us, you'd put us in a family, but I pray, God, that we would lean into friendship. I pray for us, Lord, that the see you next Sundays would be, I'll see you around my coffee table, or I'll see you during the week for some reason. I pray, God, that you'd help us to develop friendships where we can do each other good. And then, Lord, I pray that we would find those in our lives that could lead us deeper into greater commitment, that can cause us to stretch ourselves a little bit as we serve you, Jesus. Father, I pray that we would accept even different people, new faces, that we grant access to our lives to those that you would put in our lives for our good in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.